Welcome to the Run for God Run Club, where you will find God in a runner's space. Welcome to the Run for God Run Club. This is your one stop each week to be motivated and inspired to get off the couch and onto the running trail where you can, in turn, inspire others to do the same. Let's learn, laugh, and leap into running together, giving God the glory for what we are able to do in His name. Amen. I am your running host, Dean Thompson. Boy, do we have some good stuff for you today. First, we're going to put into perspective some famous achievements in history. That's always fun. And then I'm going to share the million-dollar question. You do not want to miss that. And joining me for those stories and much more is Run for God founder Mitchell Hollis. Thanks for having me, Dean. How's your week been? It's been a, well, you know, the the World Championship started this weekend. So mm-hmm. I lost the whole weekend. <laughs> I watched was, 10 minutes of it. There was like 12 hours of it on. Yeah. So, I, yeah. I, that wasn't <laughs> I got to watch Shikari Richardson yeah. in the 100. I guess it was the prelims. Yeah. Um, that's that's the only thing I watched all weekend. So, uh, uh I would go from one thing, one one event, and I'd fast forward it until I saw they were about to run another event, and then I'd stop there and watch it. And yeah. So, yeah, do you watch sure. the field events? Yeah, I love the field events. I didn't used to love the field events, but when um, when I started coaching in college, and we st- I started coaching you field had to events, learn about the field and I had to learn about them. Had. Now they're so much more interesting yeah. to me. So, yeah, yeah. I kind of like it. Well, cool. Some of them aren't as exciting as others, but yeah. um, but I, I do like them. So week number two here in the the new podcast studios, I want to I want to throw a kind of a PSA out there. Um, you know, you and I we go back and forth all the time about the sound, the video quality, because we don't have degrees in any of this stuff. No. So we've just kind of learned it and figured it out through the years. So we value input. We value feedback from everybody. So yep. let us know what you think, how we're doing with the sound, the video quality. You know, right now we're trying to decide do we need to adjust the lighting a little bit more. The sound is a little bit different in this room. I kind of like it. You're kind of indifferent. So it's it really all comes down to preference. But if something is just glaring that we don't see or, you know, or hear, let us know. Well, you know, we we yeah. really do value input from our from our podcast family. Absolutely. Well, how about a Facebook post from last week? Um this is, you know, the support from the Run Club community, as we know, is really, really, really good. And here's an example of why I say that. Michelle Christensen, she says, prayer request. Runs have been happening during this first week of the new half marathon training cycle, but something is much more important right now than the physical run. I'm reaching out to my Run for God family to pray for the salvation of my 35-year-old cousin, who we just found out is struggling with a rare type of lymphoma in her small intestines that Rochester does not know what to do with. She has two little boys and a daughter my Abby's age. I just found out today and saw, saw her this afternoon at the family wedding. She needed people to help her walk and looks like her grandmother did in her last days. I prayed with her at the wedding tonight for not only her physical healing, but spiritual healing, and that she would be closer to Christ than she's ever been. She cried in my arms more than once tonight and told me how scared she is. She has been running away from the Lord for a long time. 
Even though I have spoken to her about these things before, I did not feel like we had enough time in the situation that we were in to fully deal with her spiritual condition, and I know I need to get a hold of her as soon as possible and lead her to the Lord. I would truly appreciate your prayers that her heart would be soft to God and that he would do a miracle in her life. Her father, my Uncle Al, would have been 60 years old, and he passed away shortly after I prayed with him for salvation, as well with multiple health issues that also included the intestines. Thank you for reading this message and lifting her up to the Lord. Her name is Heather, and her entire family needs a faith revival and salvation. And then she posts an update later. She said, I finally spoke with my cousin this afternoon, and she accepted Christ as her Lord and Savior. She said a peace came over her after we prayed. As we continued to talk, she suddenly breathed deeply and said, Michelle, I just took a full breath, and it's like a weight coming off my chest. I've never felt this my entire life. And she began to cry. Heaven is rejoicing. Please continue to pray for her physical healing as we celebrate her spiritual healing through Christ. Thank you for your many prayers. Wow. Yeah, I mean, it's something we've been saying a lot here lately. <clears throat> There's more than running going on here. Yeah. And that's the cool thing about this club is, yes, we're, we're all about the sport of running, walking, getting fit, getting our fitness, getting our health in control. But this is where it's at. Yeah. This is, this is what sets what we do here apart from any other running endurance club in the world. And this is nothing you or I do. Yeah. This is every bit God. And yeah. it's so cool that th this is what ties us all together. You know, we, we talk about this a lot, when, especially the run club weekend when, when people are coming into town. We have people of all shapes, sizes, socioeconomical backgrounds, uh, upbringings. We are so diverse in this club. Many of these people of which may not would ever even talk. Yeah. Because it, we may have political differences. We may have the way you raise your kids differences. But the incredible thing is God knits us all together. And it's, I was just talking about something I'm not going to say what it is, but something that's a, a cool social experiment in our in our um, world today. And, and this is this is an example of that. Yeah. And so it's just incredible. It's good stuff. You know, I think that part of the reason why we as runners have this bond, obviously for for Christians, it's it's our it's our faith as well. But runners in general just tend to be a little tighter, too. It's sort of like people that go out to war together. You know, they suffer together, and because they suffer together, they, they have this, they understand each other, and I think it helps deepen all of that. And then, um, you know, nurses, uh, people like that. Anybody who's been through tragedy together or through tough times together tend to be bonded closer together, and I think that that's why Run Club in general those bonds seem to get so strong. Um, we understand that what that other person is doing is hard and, and it helps. And then when you add on top of that, this, uh, the spiritual aspect and, and us knowing that 
our fellow person that we've been suffering with is also has this other even bigger concern, we just tend to rally around it because yeah. it's it's a great cause and a great reason, right? So if you have a running connection, it's great. You have a spiritual connection, it's even better, and it's so powerful together. So we just need to remember to keep lifting Michelle's cousin Heather up in prayer. It sounds like she still needs it, and hopefully that um, she'll continue to improve and get better. All right, we had a trivia question for last week, and it, it was <laughs> the World Athletic Championships are going on right now. It's great. Um, and the question was, what was the first year this event was held? And this was a surprise to me. And the reason why I asked the question is because, you know, the Olympics have been around for well over 100 years. So you would assume that the athletic, World Athletic Championships, which is basically the World Ch Track and Field Championships, um, you would as assume that it's probably close to that. Maybe not quite as long, but probably close. But you would be wrong, or I was wrong in my assumption. Um, this is what Wikipedia says about it. The World Championships were started in 1976 in response to the committee dropping the men's 50-kilometer walk from the program, the 1976 Montreal Olympics, despite its constant presence at the Games since 1932. The IAAF chose to host its own World Championship event instead, a month and a half after the Olympics. It was the first World Championships that the IAAF had hosted separately from the Olympic Games, traditionally the main championship for the sport. A second limited event was held in 1980 and the inaugural championships in 1983 with all the events is considered to be the start of the competition. Until 1980, Olympic champions were also considered as reigning world champions. So what happened was the Olympic committee decided to pull the 50 kilometer walk out of the Olympic games and the walkers didn't like that. And so the walkers said we're going to we're going to start our own event right after the Olympics and that was going and that hmm. became eventually the World Championships. So do you don't you think it's interesting that the World Track and Field Championships hmm. were started by walkers? Mhm. <laughs> How fascinating How is that? Is that? <laughs> so, at, when they first came out it was every 4 years. It was in the the years in between the Olympic Games, but now it's every 2 years. So uh, they started in 1991 with every two years. Um, it made me think about how many things over, over the years that we can think of that were started because somebody didn't like something. Mm -hmm. You think about church denominations, right? Mm -hmm. How many church denominations were started because of disagreements or people didn't like the way something was done or whatever? Matter of fact, I just heard yesterday that, and I didn't know this, if, if it's true, I'm, I haven't verified this, but apparently... One of the reasons why Baptists are as splintered as they are, and there's so many Baptist groups out there, was goes all the way back to slavery. Mm. There were some slavery groups who wanted to continue to endorse slavery, or some Baptist groups, and some that didn't. And so that was part of the reason they split up. Mm. Uh, I think that's that's interesting and fascinating, mm. right? Um, but back to track and field. <laughs> I had no idea that the world championships actually started the year I graduated from high school. <laughs> uh, you know, at that age, I'm just assuming, I guess, that they've always been around. I mean, I was paying attention. I just, all I knew 
was that Sebastian Coe was racing Steve Ovet or Steve Scott, and I just wanted to watch it. <laughs> that was, that's all I knew. Um, and it goes on to say, in 1913, the IAAF decided that the Olympic Games would serve as the world championships for athletics. This was considered suitable for over 50 years until the 1960s. The desire of many IAAF members to have their own world championships began to grow. So it goes on to talk about where the first ones were held, and it was held in the first one was, was held in Helsinki Olympic Stadium, which is where the Olympics were held in 1952, and they wanted to hold it in the same stadium, and so that's where it all started. So um, what is interesting about all of this is that the United States has dominated the world championships almost from its inception. There's a few years there were, you know, there were the the Soviet Union years where they were really strong, um, and and a couple of others. But for the most part, the United States has dominated it. But the World Championships were not held in the United States until last year. Was the first time 2022 was the first time the World Championships were ever held in the United States. Really, they were yeah. ne- they weren't held in Oregon ever before. Nope, hmm. nope. So uh, yeah, I thought that was really interesting. Um, you would assume the United States, you know, it's, it's sort of like you assume soccer goes to these nations where, where, you know, for the world mm-hmm. cup where people mm-hmm. are, you know, they, they love soccer and, but it's not. Mm. So there's several events this, uh, you know, the, the, the evolution of track and field to, you know, if, if you're, if you like to talk about equality and all that kind of stuff, well, you know, at one time it was thought that women couldn't run as far as men could. Mm-hmm. And so women weren't even allowed to run marathons back in the 60s uh, for the most part. And then the women's 10K didn't even, wasn't added to the world championships until 1987. 1993, the women's triple jump was added. 1995, the 3,000 meters was replaced by the 5K. And then um, 1999, it, was, it wasn't until 1999 that the women's pole vault and hammer throw were added. That's crazy. Um, and then it was 2019 when the, four by, the mixed 4x4 four four relay. Did you ever watch that? Watched it yesterday. I Did watched you? it and the hammer throw and Shikari. That's the only thing I watched yesterday. Do the you hammer like throw, the- I don't see how somebody don't get killed. I know, right? I don't see how that <laughs> net stops. Yeah. That hammer, but there's some pretty substantial nets yeah, there. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, I don't know how I feel about that mixed four by four. It's kind of a hokey event, don't you yeah, agree? Yeah. It's kind of kind of strange. I think it might be more interesting when they first came out with it. I think they would allow any any leg to run any time. The last couple of times it's been run, they say, okay, it's women and then men, you know, alternating. But I think it might be more interesting if there was no standard and everybody just whether you entered the women first two and then the men the last two or vice versa or uh, i think that would make it more two men interesting. two women yeah. yeah don't you think it'd make it interesting yeah. if we did that yeah we'll see all right well again it's the the world athletic championships is interesting it's about it's nine days long so it's lots of track and field and nbc has it on television like they got everything on, mm-hmm. like almost every minute of the meet, and it's interesting because mm-hmm. normally you don't get to see all that 
all the qualifying stuff and all of that. Uh, you do for like the the hundred meters, but you don't for all the other events. So it's been been fun to watch. Yeah. Do you struggle with motivation to exercise? Are you looking for something that will challenge you and inspire and motivate you? The Run for God Run Club is just what you need to get off the couch and on your way to a fitter, healthier you. Stop trying to get into better shape and do it. With the help and inspiration of thousands of others who are going through the same challenges you face. Whether you're participating in the Couch to Marathon Challenge or just looking for a daily pick-me-up to get active, join the Run for God Run Club today. You can join for as little as 27 cents a day. So what are you waiting for? Get started today at www.runforgod.com. All right, we're back. You know, we need stories. We still need some stories. We're, um, we do this every week, so we have to have new stories constantly. And it's not like people don't have them. Because they do. Everybody's got one, and they need to share it. And I'm sure that you have a story out there. You have an idea for a story. Maybe, maybe what you need to share is not necessarily your testimony, but, you know, we've got several that share the story we're going to talk about today. Is somebody sharing just kind of some interesting ideas? Well, I mean, even Michelle's, you know, it wasn't really a story that was submitted, but her her post. I mean, a lot of times some of these posts that people put on Run Club Social can easily be transferred into a story. Absolutely. Um, Michelle's is a good example of that. I mean, that that is a whole story right there in that little post, so. That's exactly yeah, right. Don't don't overthink it. Yep. Just uh, get your thoughts down on paper, send it to us, and and we'll figure out how to to format it into the right format for for this podcast. Yep. Don't be shy. All right. Well, it's been man, it's been hot this summer. Yeah. It has. But uh, I did not. I had not heard this until recently. Did have you heard about the volcano that erupted last year in Tonga or near Tonga? No. So this volcano erupted, and when it erupted. The, the the scientists were talking about how much warmer it was going to be this year. So we knew this was coming, but nobody talked about it. And I guess because there was no loss of life or anything like that, nobody really talked about it. But between that and then, of course, if you follow weather at all, you know that anytime the El Nino, which is mm-hmm. where the ocean temperatures are warmer in the Pacific, anytime that happens we get warmer weather in the United States. But you know, it really, I mean, it's been hot, but it's, we haven't really set any records this year. I mean, it. Well, not here. We, I remember, well, I think I remember the year. I think it was 2009. 2009. I think that's the right year. We had one full week of 100 degree days. Mm-hmm. Every day it was over 100 degrees. And then that winter, we had one full week where it never got over freezing. Yeah. The extremes of, of that year. Yeah. But we haven't, I don't think we've hit 100 yet this year. I think we are this week. We're going to this week, but I don't think we've hit 100 yet this yeah, year. Yeah, no, I don't think we have either. Yeah. But I'll tell you this, though, even though we haven't hit 100, there have been days where it's like 90 and, and, and 95% humidity. It feels humidity, like it's 112% humidity. Yeah, that's great. The heat index has been over 100 several times. Way yeah. over, yeah. Yeah. Anyway, I just thought that was interesting because, um, it sounds like we knew this was coming and we didn't. we're we're still surprised by it now mm-hmm. in some places like out and i saw yesterday i think it was in oklahoma yesterday it was 104 
Yeah. Um, so there's there's places over in that area of the country that have been crazy, crazy warm. So anyway, we're not talking about we're, we're not making comments on global warming or climate change or anything like that. It's just interesting that we kind of knew this was coming. We're just kind of belly aching a little bit because it's it's terrible to run out in it. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> which I don't mind so much. <laughs> All right. Well, how about another story from Jerry Snyder? Always love Jerry's stories, and this week is no exception. He wrote this story called, What Were They Thinking? As usual, Jerry begins with a quote. <laughs> At first, people refuse to believe that a strange new thing can be done. Then they begin to hope it can be done. Then they see it can be done. Then it's done, and all the world wonders why it was not done centuries ago. <laughs> that comes from Francis Hodgson Burnett author. Uh, I live in Lancaster, Ohio. Hop in the car with me. I want you to meet a couple of my thinking out of the box neighbors. Settle back in your seat. The first part of our journey will take about two and a half hours. 138 miles north of my house near Lake Erie is the town of Milan, Ohio. This is the birthplace place of Thomas Alva Edison. Mr. Edison holds 1,093 patents. That happens to be more than any other American. The three most famous of his inventions are the light bulb, the phonograph, and the kinetoscope, which is an early version of a film projector. Let's talk about that light bulb. Nobody seems to know the exact number of tries before he got, that, got one that worked. I have seen figures that reported 2,000 and as high as 10,000. It doesn't really matter. At this point, what's important, the important thing is that with the flip of a switch, we can light up a room. What fascinates me about Edison is his attitude. He did not look at those thousands of attempts as failures. No, it has been reported that he explained with each new attempt, he discovered a way that didn't work. He had a goal and the moxie to hang in there until he found what he was looking for. Of course, I wasn't there, but my guess is he had plenty of folks that thought he was a loon, maybe even some that offered him a candle and told him to quit wasting his time. You've probably met a couple of people like that when you told them you were going to run a marathon race or announced some other project that was going to take you out of your comfort zone. Now let's jump back in the car. We'll be traveling 170 miles southwest to Dayton, Ohio, where we're going to meet the Wright brothers. Orville Wright and his younger brother, Wilbur, sold and repaired bicycles. By all accounts, they were doing pretty well. But they had bigger plans. They wanted to fly. Like Thomas Edison, I'm sure the Wright brothers had a bunch of naysayers telling them that flying should be left to the birds. They are credited with flying the world's first successful motor-operated airplane, December 17, 1903. Time to jump back in the car for a ride home. Thanks for traveling with me. Perhaps you'll be inspired by my neighbors, Thomas, Wilbur, and Orville. They listened to their heart and lived their dream. I hope you do the same. Chinese proverb, those who say it cannot be done should not interrupt those doing it. <laughs> I love that proverb. I do too. I do too. As usual, Jerry shares something that we, you know, we already knew these, mm -hmm. these stories, but um, they're just two really good examples of 
where conventional wisdom would tell us it can't be done mm -hmm. and then they did it anyway and they were just determined to do it i thought this was it i spent some time studying edison recently mm -hmm. and do you know edison did not discover the light bulb what he discovered was an affordable way to make a light bulb there were mm -hmm. light bulbs made before thomas edison came up with his but they were very expensive and they didn't last long so they were not practical he came up with the first practical light bulb. Yeah, it was a race between him and, was it Westinghouse? Well, that was the AC-DC battle. That's right. Between That's right. AC yeah. and DC. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Yeah, and Edison was on the wrong end of that one. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but anyway, I thought that was interesting. That, um, now, the part about Edison trying like 10,000 different ways to try a light bulb, that was all true. Yeah. But the fact is, is that he didn't actually discover the light bulb, but he just made it where it worked. So, so how can you apply that lesson? You know, if you have doubt that you can run a marathon, well, just look at the people who have done it, right? And figure out a way to get yourself across that finish line. It's like, like uh, Edison did. And then with Orville and Wilbur Wright, people really thought they were crazy. Mm -hmm. I mean, think about what do you mean you're going to fly? <laughs> yeah, and I mean, it really comes down to how do you handle or how do you process negativity naysayers people that say it can't be done mm -hmm. you either let it crush you or you use it to propel you yeah i personally i don't mind it when people say i can't do I something I, I i i take it as a challenge and it fuels me some people it does the opposite it kind of crushes their spirit and i i don't i don't know how you change that um but it's i think i think you fall on one side or the other yeah. of that. I think you can change that. I'm I'm just saying I don't know how it's it's all six inches between your ears. It's yeah. how you process. It's kinda like, you know, can you run a marathon? Yes, if you think you can. Yeah. If you don't think you can, chances are you can't. Uh yeah. what is that? Um was it Henry Ford that Henry said Ford. that? Henry yep. Ford, whether yep. you think you can or you can't, you're probably right. Yep. Um it's just it's a mindset. Have you ever been out to Kill Devil Hills where the first flight was? No. When you see it and, and where it was and where it took off and where it landed, you look at it and go, that's it? Yeah. You know, like it wasn't a big deal, but it was a but big it was. deal. it was. Right? Yeah. And it's just like the person who um, is running a 5K or in the 5K challenge and that, that, that first time they run 20 minutes. It's like well, 20 minutes of running is not all that spectacular, but it is for that person. Right. And it leads to bigger things later on. But it's for this reason, going all the way back to the quote at the very beginning, uh, at first people refuse to believe that a strange new thing can be done, then they begin to hope it can be done, they see it can be done, then all the wonder why all the world wonders why it hadn't been done centuries ago. That's kind of how, and I think you and I differ a little bit here, it's why I think the, the sub-two-hour marathon, I think it's imminent. And it's because, yes, Kipchoge had all the everything perfectly aligned but he did it yeah it's kind of like the the four minute mile you know it's it's i i believe in that that quote that once you see somebody do it it's kind of why we we always talk about the first class second class of run for god first class is usually small the second class is usually much bigger and it's because people are sitting on the sidelines saying if that person can do it who looks like me sounds like me you know runs in the same circles i do if they can do it then I'll do it next time. And yeah. they do it. Yeah. And I think there's so much 
really anything we do can be infectious. Yeah. And it's for that reason that I do think the two-hour marathon is going to be broken, you know, within the next five or ten years. I really feel that way. I think it'll eventually get broken. I'm just not sure how soon it'll get broken. We'll see. Yeah. We'll see. Yeah. I mean, they're you know they're a minute and a half off now, so it's, right. it's that's not a lot of time yeah. in, in the in the grand scheme of sure. 26.2 miles. And the idea that somebody has done it. Yes. Now you can argue all day long about the circumstances, but at the end of the day, it was done. That's right. So for sure. First Peter four ten says. As each has received a gift, use it to serve one another as good stewards of God's varied grace. Man, there's a lot in that verse. Mm -hmm. And of course, that's what Edison and, and the Wright brothers were doing. They had this vision. They had this ability to see things that other people couldn't see, to see possibility in areas where other people didn't see possibilities. And um, that... The truth is we all have some kind of, that was their gift. Their mm -hmm. gift was to be kind of a visionary and be creative and try to figure out ways to do that. But we all have a gift. And I, I, I get so frustrated at people who claim, well, I don't have a gift because mm -hmm. I hear it all the time. Mm -hmm. I'm sure you do too. Sure. And the truth is we all have some kind of a gift. I mean, you know, maybe uh, do you, do you enjoy talking with older people? Mm -hmm. Well, go and visit nursing homes. That may be a gift that you have, right? It, it, to, to most people, they look at that and they go, well, that's not really a gift. Yes, yes it, it is. is because yeah. I can't do that. Right. I'm not good at that. I would never be good at that. See, I'm I love not. it. I love talking to older people. You would be great at yeah. it. Yeah, yeah. Me, I'm, I'm, you know me. I'm not yeah. going to be good at that. So, um, But there, there's all sorts of things like that. You know, we got you know, somebody at the church who keeps up with the prayer list. They're organized and can pull in all these things and put all these things together. You got people. Uh, there's one lady at church who buys almost everybody in the church on their birthday. She'll buy them some kind of little trinket. You've talked about her before. Yeah. I mean. The impact that makes on you is obvious. Yeah. See? Yeah. yeah. That's right. And it makes an impact on others, too. And all you have to do is find something out there that you enjoy doing, that you're good at, that. Uh, you can make an impact for others, particularly in the, you know, as, as it relates to Christ. Sure. Right. Um, Proverbs 3, 6. In all ways, acknowledge him and he shall direct thy paths. You know, we, we actually read Jerry's story as a family last night because I just I knew and I hadn't even read it yet. I just knew Jerry always has some really good ones. So we read it as a family last night and. We talked about the idea of doing things that stretch you, that are out of your comfort zone, that people are going to, you're going to have naysayers, things that are hard. And I, I told my two boys, I said, always be doing something that, that meets all those criteria. Now, don't be trying to do five of those things all the time, but always have something in the hopper that you're working on that is bigger than you because that is where growth really happens. Yeah. That is where, and that is where faith really happens. Now I wasn't saying be reckless, you know, right. But doing big things that are out of your comfort zone that people are say can't be done. Aren't for the most part, aren't reckless things. You can be reckless in that aspect, but always have something that you're working on because when, when you reach those milestones, because this is where you should look back. You can mm -hmm. look back on your life and you can see these big things. I went through mine last night, my list, 
Holly went through some of her things. The boys went through some of their things, even though they haven't been on this earth very long. But you look back, and it gives you confidence, number one, but it also makes you realize you see where God was in all those points. And, yeah. and looking back on that gives you the confidence and the faith to go forward in the next things. But the most important part is this, is this Proverbs 3, 6, and always acknowledge him. Yeah. Acknowledge that it was God. It wasn't Mitchell. It wasn't Lane. It wasn't Lane and it wasn't Holly. It was God at all those touch points because I, I know just like with this ministry, this was not me. It wasn't you. We're not smart enough. <laughs> it was God. And, and I think we're pretty good about acknowledging that. But seeing what God has done through this ministry, if we look back and we study it, it will give us the faith and the confidence to do the next big thing that God's laying in front of us. Problem is, a lot of times we don't look back and we don't pick the thing up that God's given us <laughs> right in front of us. God will always stretch you. And if you don't have something in your life right now that is doing those things, it's stretching you, it's out of your comfort zone, it's something people say can't be done, chances are you're just not picking up what God's laying in front of you yeah. because God will stretch you. Yeah, absolutely. Good word. Deuteronomy sixteen fifteen says, "The Lord your God will bless you in all you, in all you produce, and in all the work of your hands, and you will have abundant joy." This is the story where God's telling the Israelites how they needed to follow these three main fest festivals. You know, the at the the festival of the unleavened bread, the festival of weeks, and the festival of tabernacles. These were like celebrations to God, right? And and what he's saying is each man should bring with him a gift in proportion to how much he's been blessed. Mm. Is that not a that's convicting, isn't mm -hmm. it? When you think about how could I possibly bring something to God that's in proportion to how much he blessed me? Well, that's a deep thought, isn't it? I mean, Very, I can't, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, and I thought about that. What what would I bring to show God how much I've been blessed? It's really it's really an overwhelming thought. Of course, back you know it was different with the sacrifices and all that. There was a there was a a, a, a way to measure that, I guess, in that time. Today, there's really not right. But, but we need to celebrate how God has blessed us, and we know we can never repay God. We can we can never bring Him back anything big enough to satisfy to equal the way he's blessed us but um, we can acknowledge and understand and be appreciative for the way that he has blessed us yeah question what do you say to a friend who has what seems to be an impossible goal my first question is impossible to me or him because I, most of the time, that's what I see is I see, I mean, I see it with athletes all the time, an athlete who doesn't believe they can do a thing and I can look at them and I know they can, I know they can. And they just in their mind can't get their brain wrapped around it. So I think that depends on when you, when you talk about an impossible goal, who's defining impossible mm -hmm. in that moment? Um, because so many people have a hard time believing in themselves and, you know, I, the way I am, I'll, I'll never lie to somebody. I won't tell. I remember one time there was a, a guy 
he wanted his daughter to run really fast to break a state record and the state record was pretty fat was faster than i thought she could do and he came to me and said do you think you can train her to run this fast and i said no i don't think i can because mm -hmm. i don't think she can do that i mm -hmm. think that's outside of her what what she has the ability to do and he got mad at me because mm -hmm. it was like well you can do anything you put your mind to and i'm like it's within limits <laughs> within limits but um so I try to be real honest with people. And if I tell you I think you can do something, I'm sure you can. Mm -hmm. I'm sure of it. So um, that's that's the question is, who, who believes it? So when you've got a friend out there who looks at you and says they believe you can do something, take a more serious look at it. If you think you can't, you know what I mean? You think you can't, then maybe you should look at that. The problem is a lot of times the people who are, who you're allowing to speak into your life have no basis by which – for what they're saying. That's true. Um, <clears throat> Lane brought up last night, he he said that um, he, he had one friend, you know, Lane's got some pretty big goals, even still with the sport of triathlon. And one of his friends told him it just wasn't going to happen. And Lane, Lane kind of pushed back and said, well, why do you think that? And the guy, the friend couldn't give an answer. Yeah. On the flip side, he he was talking to one of his friends, and he was speaking some stuff into him, and he said, this is what I think you can do. And the friend pushed back on Lane, but Lane had this, this, and here, here's the things. It's just like the dad you were talking to. I know, yeah. I know the situation you're talking about. Yeah. Well, you could point to, you know, she, she doesn't put the work in, so she's not – you know, yeah. that, that, that's kind of the starting point. Yeah. And you need to be careful with whom you let speak into your life. Yeah, that's a good point. Because most of the time, especially the naysayers, they have no basis. They're, they're predicting what you can do based on what they think they can do. Mm. And it's, it's like that quote, uh, that Chinese proverb that you just said, um, those who say it cannot be done should not interrupt those doing it. That is, most of the time, that's what's happening. Yeah. You have somebody that just wants to rain on your parade, and they, they're trying to squash your goals. Unbeknownst to them, for a lot of people, it's actually fueling them. Yeah. But I, I just throw that out there to say you really need to be careful because if somebody can't articulate why they think what they think about what you're doing, then you need to tune them out. That's a good point. Real good point. Another question, have you ever bit off more than you could chew? What made you do it? How did it turn out? I don't think you and I have ever done this. <laughs> Late, today. <laughs> I'd, I'd say for me, today is, <laughs> I'm right in the thick of it right now. Uh, uh, yeah, I mean, I, I think, but I think biting off more than you can chew is is not necessarily a bad thing. It's going back to are we are we constantly pushing ourselves outside of our comfort zone? Some people would define that as well. That's biting off more than you can chew. No, that's me getting outside my comfort zone because I look back five years at what I thought was way more than I can chew, and that's nothing. Yeah. If you're constantly stretching, it's it's you know, I I, I remember when I set a goal of. Doing twelve fifteen in the Ironman. Yeah. That was more than I could chew. Yeah. But when you come up beside me on that run 
that was no longer more than I could chew. It was going to happen. Yeah. And it's just, it's all perspective. It, yeah. It's everything about Jerry's story here is, is, is simply how you look at things, the confidence you have and the faith in Christ you have. Yeah. It's, it's, I don't know if that answered that question or not. Cause sometimes <laughs> it turns out great. And sometimes it's a train wreck for me. Yeah. You know what I can't help but think about is the, the idea that you, you and I have said this for, for years, you never know how far you can go until you, you try go to go far. too far. Mm -hmm. And when, I, I think it's good to know where those limits are. Mm -hmm. And so I think sometimes it's a good thing to to take a bigger bite than you can chew because I think sometimes we just need to we need to deal with the uncomfortableness of trying to continue to chew and Because <laughs> and get what's it down. the flip side of it? The flip side is all these athletes that we know their talent. We know what they're capable of. And it's way more than they think. Yeah. And so they're constantly holding themselves back mm -hmm. because they don't think they can do it when the people that really care and the people that they should be letting speak into their life, they won't listen to. Yeah. I can't do that. I can't run a marathon. Well, yes, you can. Almost everybody listening to this podcast right now can run a marathon. Right. Now, whether you want to or not, that may be a different story, but don't, 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 Lane, Lane made the comment last night, that's a cop out. It's a good way to, to say, it. I can't do it. Don't, don't use that language. Yeah. Now, maybe you don't want to, and you're using I can't as an excuse. Don't allow yourself to do that. That's just, that's just a bad practice. Mm -hmm. Say, I don't want to. At this season in my life, I'm not running. Yeah. My knees may say a little bit to do with that, but at the end of the day, I don't want to. I'm, I'm walking right now, yeah. and that's fine. It's when we fall back on that, I can't. That just bleeds over to every other area of your life. And you start saying, I can't do this. I can't do it. I can't make it to church. I can't read my Bible because I'm just too busy. It's infectious. Don't let yourself do that. Yeah, it's, it's a good point. It's a good point. Last question. How do you respond to people who seem to take joy in raining on your parade, telling you it can't be done? We already answered you. that. God loves you. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I I like for somebody to tell me I can't do something. I just frankly just like it because yeah. it's watch this. That's my whole attitude toward that. And you're right. I wish we had a way of getting that, being able to pass that on to other people. It would make such. A, I think about the cross country, the high school cross country team. There's so many of those kids who don't know what they can do mm -hmm. and if they just had that belief in themselves it could be a game changer yeah and uh, i don't know how you transfer that but um most people i don't know what do you think the percentage is of people who believe they can do hard things versus people who think they can't do anything hard that's a hard question i don't know yeah i don't know I, I would think it's pretty evenly split Probably so. Because um, if, I mean, you look at people who think they can. If you take the person who you say, hey, what do you think about the idea of a marathon? And they just jump right in and they say, I can do it. Chances are that person does that with other things in their life. Yeah. Um, I guess the question is, and this is the question I don't know the answer to. I said it 
with the first question. How do you change that in a person? How do you take a person who's a naysayer? Because if they're a naysayer about the things you can't do, they're also a naysayer about the things they can't do. Yeah. They're, the, they're the people that say, I can't. Yeah. How do we change that? Because it's, it's a game changer for somebody's life, for their walk with Christ. Because they're also the people, I, maybe I'm stepping out on in, in the territory I'm going to get in trouble for here. But they're also saying, well, God's calling me to do that, but I can't do that. Well, yeah, you're right. You can't, but God can. But yeah. th- they'll, never, they'll never let it get to that point. How, how do you change that? If you're a person out there, if somebody's listening to this podcast and they're thinking, oh, you know, it's, it's kind of the way I am, how do you change that? Yeah, I don't know. All we can do is, is try to be as positive and, and uplifting and try to, I guess you're trying to talk them into it, right? Yeah. Into believing in themselves. And Pray for boldness. Yeah. I guess. I mean, yeah. that's, that's, that's really what it comes down to is yeah. boldness. Yeah, you're and, right. And Christ calls us to be bold. Absolutely. And that starts in our, our walk with Him. Amen. Would you like to experience the Bible in a different way than you've ever done before? Well, you can join me, Coach Dean, as I read through the entire Bible every day for a full year. You don't want to miss hearing this transplanted Southern boy try to pronounce those biblical names now, do you? It may be good for a laugh. In addition, I share running and walking tips and some inspirational quotes along the way. Get your daily dose of the Bible from a runner's perspective in the Run for God Run Club Walk Through the Bible. You must be a member of the Run Club to get access. So if you're not a member, join today. If you are a member, just find a Walk Through the Bible under the Nationwide Challenge tab so i read this from canadian running magazine which has a lot of good articles um this one is a a recent study that's right another study I'm thinking about Canadian. I mean, I don't even read American running magazine. You're reading Canadian. Yeah, absolutely. Running yeah, magazine. Yeah, yeah. I read. I read some Kenyan ones too. Um, <laughs> they said that moderately active people tend to have a positive influence on their friends, which I think we would probably assume would agree that's that. true. Yeah. Um, but this is this is like I said, it's a study, and it, it, it's really good news for those of us who have friends or relatives who are sedentary, and we would like to see them get some exercise in and. Um, the study by a group called Plus One, I'm not sure how you say it. Um, <laughs> I looked up the organization and my head almost exploded. They look like there's way too much brain power for me. <laughs> but <laughs> it showed that when, uh, when sedentary people hang out with moderately active people, they tend to become more active. Um, but they're just stating the obvious. Well, I, right? think, I think so. But I mean, you become who you hang out with. Well, that's true. Yeah, I think it goes the other way, too, sometimes. I think that if you hang out with people who are not as active, you can fall into bad habits that way, too, probably. Well, yeah, you become who you hang out with. Yeah. I mean, I, I, yeah. But it did, I am about studies. Yeah. Well, it did talk about – it kept using the phrase moderately active because I wonder if somebody hanging out with somebody like me just turns them off. <laughs> They're just annoyed. Yeah, just like <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, that's ridiculous. You know, because that's I mean, all he ever talks about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You got to wonder. Um, 
No, I mean, I yeah, I I, I completely, I completely agree with, and it, it's why it's so important that you pay attention to who you hang around, what you listen to, what the inputs that you allow in your life, because it it will it will affect who you are. Period. Well, yeah, and it definitely affects particularly with exercise it definitely affects the amount of exercise you do because during the pandemic the the average person who exercised actually did less during the pandemic which i can't understand myself because i'm like that was an opportunity to do more mm -hmm. you know you had more time on your hands uh, but so many people because they couldn't meet with other people to do what they do um just didn't do it sure and that's a terrible reaction. Yeah. <laughs> we, we should go the other way. When we have that opportunity, we should seize that opportunity to do more. Um, but anyway, this article gives us some tips on getting our sedentary friends to be more active. And these are the things they said. They said, uh, and these seem obvious, but um, plan active get-togethers. You know, make sure that you have activities planned. Um, that You know, when you get together, you're not just sitting around, but you're doing things. And, um, you know, that could be anything. Go for a walk, go for a hike, just play cornhole, whatever it takes to get, moving. to get them moving. Yeah. Another one, try something new together. So get your sedentary friends to try that. You know, you're not going to run a marathon together, maybe, but you're, you know, you can try some other thing that you've been wanting to try that's going to get you out and get you active mm -hmm. and because you'll pique their interest as well. So that's a good way to do it. Um, and then the other thing is talk about your running or walking but don't do it too much. Mm. So it's good to talk about it. It's good for them to hear about it, but you just don't want to get too, too overwhelming with it. Um, and typically they'll, they'll kind of latch on and never talk. Never. This is where I think some people mess up is they talk. They start using language like you need to do this. Yes. The best way to talk about it is, Man, I've I've been walking lately, or I've been running lately, and I just I feel so much better. Talk talk about what it's do. It's kind of like your testimony. You yeah. don't you don't go up to somebody and say you're going to hell. You you need Jesus. There's applications where that can work, but by and large, it's it's why our testimonies are so powerful. Yep. Here's what God has done in my life, and that 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 is attractive to people. Yep, yep, for sure, for sure. Good stuff. All right, it's time for Dean's Thoughts. That's a time when I share something that I've written about the intersection between running and faith. Well, are you ready for it? It's the most profound question you will hear today. Maybe this week, maybe this month, maybe even this year. It's called The Million Dollar Question. I have crashed and burned in more than one marathon. I can remember feeling so bad, I wondered if I could even make it to the finish line. Of course, I did, but at mile 22, I really felt like I might not make it. After my first open water swim, I had real doubts as to whether I could cover the 2.4 miles I would have to swim in my upcoming Ironman triathlon. At that point, I had never been in a pool for more than 45 minutes, and that first open water experience was harrowing enough for me to doubt my ability to be in the ocean for over an hour. Both the triathlon and the marathon experiences were mentally tough thoughts in my head that I had to conquer if I was going to get to the corresponding finish lines. 
Since then, I have developed what I think is a foolproof way to feel more positive about my ability to do those difficult things. Now I can just ask the million dollar question. I'm going to share the when the million dollar question with you and you're going to think, why didn't I think of that? It is so simple yet so powerful. If you are one who doubts yourself regularly, this million dollar question could change your life if you let it. So what's the million dollar question? Well, I've already given it away, but if you didn't catch it, here it is. If you're unsure if you can accomplish a thing, ask yourself this question. Could I do it for a million dollars? Now, you're either hearing the most profound question you've ever heard, or you need more explanation to understand why this question is so powerful. You see, for most of us, a million dollars would change your life. I know money isn't everything. I completely agree with that statement. If I didn't, I wouldn't be working for a nonprofit organization. But a million dollars would fundamentally change my life. That's just a fact. Even if I took that million dollars and used it to fortify the very ministry I work for, it would have a huge impact. Of course, if you're in debt, how life-changing would it be to pay off all your debt? I could go on and on, but you get the point. When you take a few minutes to think about it, a million dollars would fundamentally change your life. Now, let's go back to that thing you're not sure you can do. If there were truly something in front of you that would fundamentally change your life, do you think you could do it? The answer to that question tells you all you need to know. If you have been telling yourself you can't do something, look at it through the million-dollar question lens. Do you think you could do it now? I thought you could. If the million-dollar proposition really doesn't set well, you could insert anything into the same slot. How about this one? What if I could have one hour with my mother who passed away years ago? Could I finish that marathon then? I bet I could run through a brick wall at the finish line for that one. Maybe you have another substitute question you could use. How about another hypothetical? What if every time you shared Jesus with someone, God came down from heaven, gave you a high five, and said, well done. Imagine he does that even in those times when you're completely rejected. How many times a day would you be sharing Jesus with others? Well, God isn't going to stand in front of us and give us a high five, at least not physically. But doesn't he do it in spirit? Don't we believe that the Holy Spirit overwhelms us in those moments when we're obedient to God? Well, we say we do. I want you to understand that I have just stomped on my own toes so hard it may be difficult to run today, but if we truly believe in the power of God and the Holy Spirit and Jesus' story and its ability to change the world, why are we not sharing it daily? Some people do not like hypothetical questions, but they can be awfully powerful, and asking them often reveals how we truly think. If you can make that open water swim with a million dollars on the line, then you can make that open water swim. If you could share Jesus with everyone around you, if God came and thanked you in person, then you can share Jesus with everyone around you. The difference is that no one is going to offer you a million dollars to swim, but God is going to be thankful for your willingness to be obedient to his call. It's a great story, Dean. 
Oh, that's a powerful knocked it thought. out of the park again. That's uh, yeah, it's just a, a amazing thought of whenever you think you can't do something, just think about. Maybe this is the answer to the question I was asking earlier. That's exactly how do you change yeah. somebody's perspective? Yeah, and and this is it. You you kind of have to reverse engineer it. Yeah, yeah. I was thinking. I was trying to think of an example of something <laughs> that that I would think maybe felt impossible, but. And I was thinking about, you ever seen anybody shoot a basketball from the opposite free throw line? It's like it's a long way, mm -hmm. right? And I don't even know if I could throw a basketball that far. But I'd try it for hours and hours if I knew there was a million dollars on the line, you know it? Mm -hmm. And I'll bet I would make it eventually. Yeah, I mean, it kind of it kind of heightens. You know, I've talked about it on here. I listen to Dave Ramsey quite a bit. And he does this a lot. People will call in, and the one that sticks out in my mind is people that have the money to pay their house off, but they don't want to pay their house off because maybe they have a 4% interest rate, and they're saying, I can earn 10% in the market. And he always flips. He does a great job of flipping it around on He says, okay, well, by your logic, would you go out and borrow $10 million today at 4% and invest it in the stock market? And the people just quickly say, no way. And he's, he says, but why is it any different? Yeah. It's, just, it's just smaller. And he always heightens it. And it's the same way here. Putting, heightening the situation will often bring a smaller situation into focus for us. Yeah. And that's, that's exactly what you're doing here. If, if the stakes were high enough, you could do it. So the answer to the question, can you do it, is yes. Yeah. Period. So that's, I mean, you, you've, you've done the same thing and it's, it's, you did a, a perfect job of doing it in our everyday task. Yeah. You, you can't, if you can do it for whatever reason, whatever it is, what, whether it's the million dollars or it's like I said, I, the idea of thinking, you know, if, if I could, if, if, if I could run a thousand miles and I could get one hour with my mother at the end of that 1,000 miles, mm -hmm. you better believe I could run 1,000 miles. Sure. <laughs> I guarantee you. Yeah. Because um, it would drive me to do it. And so that means that I can run 1,000 miles, period. Right. Yeah. So I guess the answer or the, the statement that I want to kind of put out there is there are very few things that come across – your plate in life that you can't do. There's very few. It's just, are you willing to do the hard thing? Yeah. To, to do it for a long period of time, which it may require. You know, a lot of people say, I can't, I'm not musically talented. I can't play an instrument. Yes, you can. Yeah. Yeah. You know, what is it? Malcolm Gladwell's book says 10,000 hours of almost anything and you're going to master it. Yeah. And the question is, are you willing to put the 10,000 hours in? Now, the answer may be no. Right. I'm not willing to do that, but let that be your answer, not I can't. That's right. So yeah. I, it's a, yet another example of Dean's thoughts and the story Meshing just together. tying right together. Yeah. And you don't and plan it was any not of intentional. It. Yeah. No. Crazy. You know, I, I have a confession to make when I was writing this. Um, when I wrote the sentence, don't we believe that the Holy Spirit overwhelms us in those moments when we're obedient to God? I just broke down. You texted me and told me that. Yeah. I was just, 
I mean, it just it hit me so hard because the truth is that God is right there with us. And if we're not sharing Christ with other people, what are we doing, right? And when we know that there's somebody out there that needs to hear it, I'm, I'm still impacted to this day of a guy that came into, I think I've talked about this maybe many podcasts ago, but a guy that came into Fast Break Athletics in Chattanooga years ago. I mean, this was probably at least 10 years ago. This was back, they were two buildings ago. They've moved into two different mm-hmm. other buildings since then. And I just remember this guy coming in there and he had this spirit about him and all he wanted to do was tell people about Jesus. Mm. And that's all he wanted to do. And he wasn't being, you know, a lot of people were looking at him like, the guy's a little crazy. But he, you could you could feel his heart mm-hmm. and what he was doing. He was like, he just, I got this great news I want to share with everybody. I thought, man, that's the way I want to be. I want to be that guy. Now, not necessarily sharing it the way he was doing it, you know, just being open to everybody. But, but yeah, to some degree, mm-hmm. right? We need a little more of that. Well, you know, you're not kidding. You know that moment when you're running and you settle into that perfect pace and then the next song comes on? Don't let that happen again. With the new J Radio, you can trust us to make sure that the next song in your playlist will help you keep up that pace. Check out the Radioactive station on J Radio for all different genres of workout music handpicked for you while you run. Start listening now at jradio.com. All right, every week I share a reason why running and or walking is so awesome. And how about this? Not only is it a great social connector, but as you've heard today, it helps non-active people become active. So what a great way, you know, uh, people love to share time with other people. We all like to do that, right? And running or walking is the, a great way to do it. And it's a good way to encourage our friends who maybe are, are sedentary. You know, I was talking with somebody this, this week and I asked them, this was a young person. And I said, what do you think? is probably health-wise is the worst condition you could have or you could be doing. Or, and, and he said, well, I don't know, smoking? I'm like, nope, there's something worse than smoking. Mm-hmm. And, he, you know, he, he went through and he guessed a few things. I said, no, it's, it's obesity. Mm-hmm. Obesity makes everything. There's 10 different types of cancer that you're more likely to get if you're obese. Mm-hmm. We don't even think about it from a cancer standpoint, we think about heart disease and all these and diabetes and these other things, but it's so important, not, not for the way we look, but for the way we, how, how healthy we are and running, walking gives us a great connection for, to encourage people to get out there and to, to not have to live that lifestyle. Yeah. And the sad thing is, is it's, it's kind of, it, and the the bad thing is, and I'm going to be completely transparent, when you said it, I was like, eh. right. why do we have that reaction mm-hmm. in our society? Because obesity, if if you're out there and you're obese, this is not talking down to you. It's, it's saying it is a true condition in our society that is almost being promoted. 
Yeah. And it's, it's, I mean, you, you've talked about it before. COVID was such an opportunity yeah. to change that because COVID hit obese people harder. That's, mm-hmm. that's just truth. Yeah. We need to, when we, when we talk about being obese, there's, there's no making fun of it. It's, it's, it's a condition that you can change. The problem is society has done exactly this, going back to our whole conversation here. People have got it in their head that they can't change it. That's right. And you can. You can. Get out the door and start walking. It's that simple. You don't have to have a huge plan. You don't have to have, it's, it's not about running a marathon. It's not about being the fastest. It's about simply putting the remote down or the phone down and going outside and start walking. And within days, yep. you'll start to feel a difference. Yep. And we need to share that hope with people because there's some people who are chronically obese. I mean, yeah. they're, they're morbidly obese. And they think there is no hope. Yeah. But there is. And it can start this afternoon. Yeah. And I like to think of it as more of a compassion thing. You know, I got a phone call from my brother last week. My brother has been well over 300 pounds. Yeah. And I got a phone call from him last week telling me he just went to the doctor, got his checkup. He was telling me about his numbers. He's lost 60 pounds. And wow. Good for him. Yeah. And, and I mean, it did, just did my heart good. And you know what he said to me? He said, he said, I, I felt when we talked about it last time, he said, I felt how much you cared Mm-hmm. and wanted to see me lose this weight. And I thought, oh, that's because that's exactly the way I felt, right? It's exactly the way I felt. I don't want him to go through life that way because I know what it did to my mother. Right. And I know that he's headed down that same path if he doesn't make a change. And he's making a change. And it's fantastic. And, and it's not, I was never looking down on him. I was mm-hmm. always, dude, come on, man. Let's let's do something. I, whatever I can do to help you, I, we need to do something. But society about. says that's judgmental and that's just wrong. It's not. Period. It's not. It's compassionate mm-hmm. is what it is. That's right. All right. Well, I'm not sure where this story happened, but it's hilarious in my opinion. <laughs> There's a, a lady who runs five miles every morning at 5 a.m. and her neighbors are not happy with her. And she's, they're not happy with her because she sets off their security lights and cameras and their dogs <laughs> when she goes running at 5 a.m. And these people apparently are just piling on this lady. You know, the next door app, um, which can be toxic. Uh, uh, I don't get on it. <laughs> um, but they, they're just piling on this lady because she's going out and running at 5 a.m. every morning. And I guess, I don't know, looking at it from their side, I guess they look at it the same as somebody who's mowing their grass at 5 a.m. You wouldn't do that and disturb your neighbors, so why would you go out? But the truth is, I mean, running is different, you know, and the fact that alarms are set off or whatever is... That's not on her. That's a you problem. You've got too many cameras. We have too many cameras in society nowadays. Well, that's true. Yeah, we won't go down that rabbit hole, but yeah, I mean, she's not doing it. She's being quiet running up down the road if... If your things are being set out, that's why you put them in. So why are you offended? I don't know. And if it's your dog that's starting to bark, well, that's your <laughs> it's dog. It's your dog. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, there was, there was some funny. Some or funny. better yet, get out and join her. Yeah, there you go. There you go. Yeah. 
Well, there were several different. Somebody said uh, you need to change your security set, settings. Somebody said she's not breaking the law. Somebody said she should buy them all Pepto Bismol if it hurts their tummy. <laughs> and then my favorite comment was this: People set up a device to wake them up anytime something moves at 5 a.m. Then they're enraged when they are woken up at 5 a.m. Anytime something moves. <laughs> my neighborhood is full of people like this. Hilarious. <laughs> I love that. Uh, yeah, that, that's. Uh, it, mm, yeah, there's cameras everywhere. Now. There are it's, cameras everywhere. We've got them at our house. We've got security cameras, but we don't. I don't have an alarm that goes off. If I don't have an alarm, I don't have a security camera. I don't even have a dog outside the boat. Of course, we live in an area of the country where you don't really. Where I mean, the biggest crime. I mean, just the, right here in Cahutta. Of all places, the big crime when we were moving in here is there's a restaurant across the street and someone stole the grease. Yeah, out of their grease trap. <laughs> Ain't no place like Cahutta. <laughs> I mean, really. So that's that's the extent of our crime. Right yeah. Here, so, which is a blessing. Absolutely. Uh, but yeah, we've got, there's a lot of cameras out there. Good stuff. And all the cameras that are right here in Cahutta, nobody caught them. Yeah. <laughs> There's probably 10 cameras on this building right here. Nobody caught the grease thief. <laughs> That's awesome. Uh, well, somebody asked this question. What are some things you have done that are non-running related that have helped your running? And I skimmed through the answers, and I noticed a pattern when I skimmed through all those answers. Um, there were a lot of very specific answers. Go for a ride. Ride a bike twice a week. Weight training. Core strength. Stuff like that. But they all fall under one thing. Cross training. Mm. And... You should do more than just run or walk, mm -hmm. whatever it is. Mm -hmm. um, do something a little bit more than that. Now, if that's all you have time for, that's all you can do, that's great. That's great. It's, it's better that than nothing. Mm -hmm. But doing some kind of cross-training thing will make your running or your walking more enjoyable because you'll be a little bit more fit, particularly when you do something that's different, mm -hmm. you know, completely different. You know, weightlifting is real, especially as you get older like me, the the and whether it's weightlifting or just strength training in general um, is very helpful mm -hmm. to keeping your body good and healthy. So um, so yeah, I I just I noticed that that's what. Uh, of course, there's lots of other things too. Sleep, diet, things like that can change your running as well, your walking as well. Um, but we know those things, and uh, we just don't do it. Yep. I just don't understand why we just don't do it. It's a lot like our spiritual life, isn't it? Where yep. we know what to do sometimes, and we just don't do well, it. Well, and I, th I, kind of the first thing I thought of when you asked that question wasn't cross training; it was scheduling, scheduling. Yeah. If you're one of those people that are you, you constantly using the excuse that uh, I just don't have time, well, make the time and put as hokey as it sounds, go for a run or go for a walk, block out an hour in your day and put it on your calendar. Yep. Um, I've had to do that in the past, you mm -hmm. know, especially when I was training for some events and things. So do whatever you got to do to make it a priority because just like we've talked all through this podcast, it's it's worth it. It is worth it. Yep. Well, finally, I, I, I don't know what they're putting in the water in Norway. You know, Jakob Ingebrigtsen is, you know, he just, he made, did you see, you didn't see him running. He made it through the 1500 meter first round. And while he's coming down the straightaway, he's looking up at the crowd Telling them to, to cheer. Don't and he's I the, don't care for that. He's right in the middle of this pack, right? And yeah, he's borderline. Mm, he's borderline annoying sometimes. Yeah. 
But uh, Noah Lyles, of course, he won the 100. He's a lot like that, but Noah Lyles is a little bit different. Yeah. He's a little more under control. Yeah, I told you before we started the podcast that I did watch Shikari Richardson in the, the yeah. first round of the 100. And, you know, she, she got a line. She's, she's gone with the wig now, and she – she just looked like she was being focused. They had that false start, and she just kind of turned her back and seemed to stay focused, nothing flashy. Even on the run, she kind of did a little thing as she crossed the finish line, but not the obnoxious Shikari. And I thought, maybe this is a new page for Shikari. Even 75% through the interview after, she yeah. was you know, kind of gracious. But then right there at the end, she, I forget what she said, but she yeah. threw something in there. But maybe she's maybe – she's, changing yeah i, I, I hope so i hope so too. she's a very talented athlete yeah, absolutely she could do a lot of good absolutely with with her platform well and uh <laughs> noah lyles you know he, he won the hundred and afterwards they were interviewing him and he said um you know they were like well nobody expected you to win and he's like nobody except me I expected to win. That's a great answer. It is a good answer, yeah. isn't it? And that's why that's he, the naysayer. That's, yeah, he don't listen to the naysayer. No, yeah. and he's he's pretty pretty cocky about stuff. But at the same time, it's a it's you know like Usain Bolt was that way. Usain yeah. Bolt was a, a supremely competent. Yeah, but he was he did it in a good way. Yeah, and there's a really fine line there, and I don't know how you I don't know how you determine where that fine line is. So if you're listening. We also have a train next door at our new podcast studio, so you've probably just heard the train go by, uh, but it's great. <laughs> it is I love great. it, so just just bear with us, you know. Sometimes <laughs> you're going to hear a train. It's all good. But there's no good. place like Cahutta. It's all good. <laughs> all right, well, let me leave you with a trivia question for uh, next week. Name the six-time Olympic medalist who was named Sports Illustrated Greatest Female Athlete of the 20th Century. That's a pretty impressive title. Greatest Female Athlete of the 20th Century. And if you know the, the answer to that, you can send it to dean at runforgod.com. And if you're the first person to answer that and send that to me, you will win $20 off in the Run for God store. Free cash. I Good think stuff. I, I'm, I'm, I you think, think I you might know it? know it. Maybe. Don't say it. I'm not. All right. <laughs> I'm going to leave you with this motivational thought of the week. It is better to have lived one day as a tiger than a thousand years as a sheep. That's a Tibetan saying. I like that. Hmm. Sometimes you just need to be a tiger. Hmm. Being a sheep's okay occasionally, but not too often. As a sheep... Now, if you're following Jesus, I was going to say a, there's, that's a, there's a good time a to be a flip side to that. Yeah, yeah. 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 Um, but there's also times to be a tiger too. Yeah. And go out and go after stuff, right? Uh, even if it's just temporary. Uh, the Wright brothers didn't even uh, didn't even cover the length of a 747 on their first flight. But can you imagine how incredible that was when they did it? They were yeah. being tigers yeah. at that point, right? All right. 179 episodes in the books and we are so thankful for you if you're out there listening um, we can't we can't thank you enough for letting us do something that we enjoy doing sure it's crazy 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 all right until next week may god bless every step of every run go out there and shine your light good job dean For more information about the Run for God ministry, go to runforgod.com. 
If you have questions about your salvation, click on the Peace with God tab. There's nothing more important. Thanks for joining us today.